When uh, Matt was all, oh, uh, to sit on him? was all like, "Those people, if there's nothing wrong. I don't know." And he got a little offended at people not liking man babies. But then <laughs> after we started, he now glares at me if he feels I'm using it too much. Oh, really? Yeah, interesting. The sec, I'll do a man baby thing, and if it isn't like a a real good pop in, he'll give me a look like, "Why did you waste that?" And if I do man baby a second time in an episode. He will also look at me like, God damn it, don't overdo it. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> he doesn't want to lose Man, his baby one... police. I know, but that was after he got all offended at people. It was just sort of... He just doesn't want to lose his one thing, his one <laughs> contribution to the show. Other than me hating it, how does he know since he never goes on Facebook? That's how a good question. Well? That's a good question. <laughs> how does he know people hate it? Oh yeah, but, well yeah. we didn't talk about it because we talk about yeah, it. Yeah. It's That's a tr- the only it. It's a tr- it's a tremor in the Canadian force. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I know you're not a big uh, How I Met Your Mother fan. Uh, yeah, I could. You could definitely say that. Yeah, there there is a a bit in that that is funny as hell. Where they think that Robin has done a porn, you know, they in her in her past. Okay, and then they find you know Barney gets hold of the the video. And is about to boot it up in front of everybody, and there's like an argument about whether they're going to see or not. And he's, oh no, we're watching this. And it starts out, and it's just like a porn, but then it breaks into song, and it turns out she was a teenage Canadian pop star. So there's this whole Canadian song about let's go to the mall, and and they you know they rhyme sorry in it, and you know it's it's hilarious. That's bit kind of Canadian of fan- attack. That's kind of fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number five hundred seventeen. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact Jack Dandy. And, and no Matt. No Matt. Nope. So it's, no. it's, it's, I feel good to be back. So yeah. Matt is taking an extended vacation. He won't be here next week either. Or the week after that. Or the week after that. Yeah. Or the week after that. That's what no. happens when you do the baby man voice, fuckwad. <laughs> no, no, no. We, <laughs> Todd, we fired Andy, not Matt. Oh. Matt just took some time off. I I did not write down sure. the right oh, notes. Oh, see, you I thought it. at the meeting it was we rehired Andy back, but we had to let go of Matt for the budget. Right, because we only have so much money for snacks, and yeah. we're big dudes, and yeah. snack money only goes so far. <laughs> wait, yeah. wait, wait. Since when do we have a budget to work with? <laughs> exactly. Oh, wow. Exactly. So somebody had to go. Ah. So well, I'm going to diet a little bit if we can get you know Matt back in like maybe every third or fourth episode. I'm not. All right, fine. That's bye, Matt. That's my snacks too, Mister. You, you don't get to sacrifice wonder, that shit. I wonder. I actually have to wonder. What? It, well, you sat here and you started asking everyone their schedules, and you were like, and you were furiously trying. How can we fix this so Matt can be here? I really it. was. I really and, like having Matt here. And I wonder, Andy. If you lose 50 pounds, we can have Matt back. I wonder how that would go. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> At the moment, I could stand to lose 50 pounds. Well, so, yeah. well I mean, I, you, you, look who's talking to you, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I gained back some of the weight I lost, and I didn't lose anywhere near enough weight. Mm. So, But I'm just wondering. It's like, I wonder if... Uh, if 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 we got a fifty pounds or Matt, fifty it, pounds or Matt, yeah, I don't know. 
don't know. Matt might be fucked. I couldn't lose 50 pounds for so my I'm, health this year. I mean, I'm not sure how the math works there. How, how does that get mad? It's a, it's a scheduling conflict at the moment. I mean, I'm just saying if a being came down from the universe and oh. pointed a cosmic gun at your head and said, Andy, 50 pounds and Matt can come back, if it would work. Well, for God's sakes, don't let this get back to Matt. But yes, I would lose 50 pounds to get Matt on the show regularly. All right, you heard it here. It's but a secret between don't us. Don't tell Chuck Matt. <laughs> and of course, I'll point out that actually what he's saying is he'll try to lose 50 pounds to get Matt back on the show here. So, Matt, don't get your hopes up. I should, I should lose at least 20 or 30. Oh, you're lucky. 50 be great. I need to 20 lose or 30 like be great. 50 or 60. Speaking of snacks, uh, in front of us is this glorious <laughs> box. <laughs> and they're so yummy. I'll start my diet after this box. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I say every week. I'll start the diet after Geek Shock. Uh, of these uh, snack bars sent to us by Shock Monkey Elizabeth. With that, uh, thank you for another year of entertainment. So very thank tasty, you, very lovely. Elizabeth, mm. you rock. As oh, Thank you so much. And I'm going to have one very soon. But not now, because I have a show to run. Go oh, back you, you in the chair. Up. We ate them already. That's right. They're half it's, gone. It's a, it's a good thing, because, you know, we just, we can't wing it. We you, just, we you, can't, that was a fine show. <laughs> We can't extemporize a show. Uh, aside from all the animal pooping talk <laughs> and and the the strange pill talk, yes, that was a fine animal show. Animal pooping talk? Yes. Uh, yeah, I got to listen talk. to these episodes. I don't know what There the was a lot of talk talking. about kit pooping. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's spite right. Pooping. The, the, spite pooping. The spite the shit. infamous uh, poop in the bathroom incident. Uh, the B name of the entire episode was spite poop. Yeah, that's right. Well... Uh, was vegan administration the other week? Uh, that was that was a choice oh. because I didn't want spite poop to be <laughs> oh the, the flag bee, the for the show. Yeah. Really? Why not? Todd, Todd, admit it. Spite poop kind of describes us. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just didn't want to attract the wrong fan base. Oh, <laughs> I think. Uh, this that was an episode I really regret not having Paul around because oh, the, the vegan administration the, the 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 vampire Reagan oh yeah that would have been the whole episode that, we that, would, never would have got back to anything nope and that would have been a multi episode <laughs> oh, character wow yep. vampire Reagan all right yeah. the next one of us who's on ICS we got to bring that up to Paul all right <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so gentlemen in this time what geeky things did you do oh goodness finished uh, up Watchmen yes. I didn't finish up Watchmen. Oh, well. Ah. Finished up Watchmen. And I you're watched. happy with how it ended? I Actually, I really liked how it ended. Right. Uh, especially since apparently, I thought I remembered reading an article saying that they had been picked up for season two, but yeah, now no. it's apparently up in the air whether they're going to get a second Lindelof season. Lindelof said that it was planned to be a one and done. Great. And I he, want so, more of that. Yeah, and he said if, if they did want to do it again, it, it would take time because... I, uh, I don't know what I I don't know what I would do after that. Wild. So and it was I mean and when you look at it that way, that's an ending. Sure. And yeah, and, it was a great ending. And frankly, kind of a hell of a risk on HBO's part, not right. only for doing this Watchmen sequel to the graphic novel, not the movie, but also going. And we're just doing one season, and then we're going to move on to something else, right? And not try to milk it into Dark Knight Returns into a <laughs> let's Game of Thrones this, and yeah, 
Yeah. So kudos on HBO yeah. for doing that and do that more, mm-hmm. please. Yeah. Uh, for example, Lovecraft Country. Uh, that's something they could extend further out, but if they just stick with the book, that would be fine too. Mm-hmm. And that comes out next year, I believe. Nice. Watch The Mandalorian. Yep. Of course. And uh, you know it's going to be early this uh, week. Yes, because yes. they don't want to lose a viewership share to their own movie. Right. So. That last episode was freaking amazing. I yeah. mean, there was there was some some camera work in there uh, and lighting effects that I was just like, this is badass right now because it really ramped up some of the tension in certain scenes. Um, yeah, that, that last one was a lot of fun. I'm just realizing now, too, that the set for that was really small. Oh, yeah. They just used the same hallway over and over yeah, from different they, angles. Very Star Trek. Are you saying they, they Star trek it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. Bill, didn't, it didn't occur to me until just now that, yeah. That's yep. totally. Bill Burr was good. Yeah. Right? Uh, and Has in, he been in anything acting-wise before? He doesn't do a lot of acting stuff, no. But, uh, and the... Uh, the guy that's the uh, new New Republic guard that's in there is the guy that was the voice of Anakin Skywalker in the Clone Wars. So oh, that's, that's like that's yeah. his first on-camera appearance in the Star Wars universe. Clancy so that was Brown interesting. was the big strong brute. Yeah, I I didn't even know that till the credits ran. I, know. I literally <clears throat> I I had to go back and watch parts of it again to see, and it it doesn't look like Clancy Brown's it facial sounded. features. I was like that. Sounds like Clancy, but the the makeup altered his appearance enough that you're like it did. But you can't lo- miss those eyes. It's uh, well, there is that. Well, it, it fooled me the first time through because it I the voice didn't strike me until the second go through, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's definitely Clancy Brown's voice. Mm-hmm. So it it threw me for a a big loop until I saw the credits. They're going through a bunch of tropes. And yeah. I don't care. It's fun. <laughs> Let's yeah. try this trope. Let's try this trope. And that yeah. was that was a great. That's the the. Although uh, it, right now the criticism I'm hearing is uh, uh, like Scalzi. It's like oh, I watched one and a half episodes and uh, it's just not for me. I'm glad my other friends are loving yeah, it. Yeah, there's there's a few writers that have chimed in and said yeah. they're not doing anything new, and I'm like, well, they are and they aren't. They're yeah, they're they're using some existing, you know writing formulas to f- develop the episodes, but they're also leaving so much of him and his background vague that you really are building towards something. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... You got to go somewhere with the yeah. kid. So, yes. you know, you figure something's going to happen eventually. Right. I will say that I'm not sure that I enjoy that there's such short episodes they seem extremely simplified for that. That yeah. it takes away the meat of storytelling when you can only do about a half an hour of a show. That's true. It it does. It's a little bit shorter than I would like it. Yeah, it's yeah. not like they do half hour dramas on TV. You know, there's a reason why they tend to be longer. Sure, but so but they're great little Star Wars bites. Mm-hmm. I I can't say I'm not entertained, but I I will say that if I've had a hard day at work, I will sit and watch The Mandalorian before I will watch The Watchmen. But just because if my if I've had a tired day at work, my brain doesn't want to work that hard. Yeah, you you really have to actively watch the watch. Andy man. has to stop playing words with friends uh, to yeah. watch Watchmen. No, so, especially really? this last episode, yeah. I really had to focus on that one. That was that I, was like when I got home from work last night. I was like, I'm gonna watch it. I'm like, nope, 
going to save it for tomorrow. I, bet, I will fall asleep watching this. I bet there are people in the Queeby generation that are going to find these episodes too long. It's yeah. possible. I, I need a five-minute bite of show. Sure. Well, that's well. if you're playing with words with friends or whatever you're doing anyway, you're not really watching shows. You're just absorbing right. them. Mm. Yeah. Andy. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> I multitask. Uh, I watched yeah. Six yeah. Underground. The Ryan Reynolds, ah, yes. Michael Bay film. I watched half of Six I Underground. I was surprisingly <laughs> pleased with it. I, yeah. I, I wasn't sure because, like, I originally when I saw the the clips for it, I'm like, oh, this looks fun. And then I'm like, wait, this is Michael Bay. Uh, I don't know, but Reynolds is talking highly about it, so maybe. But I gave it a chance. Uh, it's a fun popcorn movie. It reminds me a lot of the first Bad Boys film in in a lot of the the Not story selling. writing and the. And Not the selling. and the jokes, but you know, with Ryan Reynolds and uh, his style of performance. So, see, I didn't see a preview of the actual show. What I saw was a preview of Ryan Reynolds talking about it being the most Michael Bay movie right. ever. He's yeah, he calls it the bayest Michael Bay of all Bay see, time. I didn't see any previews at all. Well, did you see any? Did you see it at all? I haven't seen it okay. yet. No, I I'd forgotten that it was on. So I can uh, I can actually. You know, watch it at some point and absorb it and enjoy it for what it's worth. It, it sounds like something I might enjoy after long days of work that I can turn my there brain you off. Go. And, watch. and you can play words with friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they can just absorb it. Uh, <laughs> Biggs was in town this weekend. Yes, and uh, Kay and I and Duncan. Yes, played uh, Call of Cthulhu with him. Aha! Uh-huh. We had two sessions. The first one was Andy and I, and then the the next day session was uh, we brought in Duncan. It was surprising. Andy was like, you want to join us? You can. And Duncan was like, well, all right. All right. And then uh, it, it, it was very fun. So tell me a little bit about the uh, campaign. This is uh, set when? Pulp Cthulhu. Oh, it's set okay. in 1930s Arkham. Fantastic. And you were? We were investigators. Okay. We're new investigators well, working for the Pratt Investigations, which is an old investigating thing. Um, and... Uh, one of the things that's neat about Steve is his preparation. So he'll pull out this little bio thing with a picture of Boris Koloff, and that's uh, William Pratt, the head of our company, who you know, we do the investigation. So he casts with. his game. Right. Oh, he, yes. he pulls out a picture of Wisham, who is our basically our Q, and, uh, well, it's Q. It's, uh, you know, uh, that the, the actor who played that, Q. Oh, that dude's going to get typecast now. Yeah, mm-hmm. really. I know. Never shake it. So yeah, and Steve has fun NPCs. So interacting with his NPCs, yeah, is it's, fun. It's, it's fun when like for some reason three or four of his NPCs have to interact with each other, and he goes back and forth like a crazy person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just ends up becoming a one man show. Wait, you're saying that he doesn't do that now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so Kay created a uh, occult mystery or occultist. A, yeah, the. Uh, the the game design is archetypes and occupations. So my archetype is a is mystic, and my uh, occupation is a cultist. Oh, um, but I actually have some Cthulhu mythos in my background, so I've already lost a little bit of sanity. Okay, I've got a psychic power, clairvoyance. Where throughout both sessions, Andy and I were like, I wish I'd taken psychometry. So, so are you a good cultist or a bad cultist? Oh, uh, a cultist. Andy made the same uh, ah, made the same mistake. Occultist. I'm not a cultist. I'm ah. an occultist. Because <laughs> here I'm going back to Arkham Horror going, uh, isn't that the bad guy? <clears throat> right. OCC, not <laughs> yeah. A space. Yeah, and it's really funny because 
I am an actual work with magic, clairvoyant, occult dude. And then Andy. Well, I, I created a stage magician who's trying to figure out how he does his stupid tricks. <laughs> and so, uh, so, and it was really funny because after all that, I didn't do a whole lot of occulting. So I think I used my clairvoyance like three times okay. in, in all that we played. And uh, I used my mythos like twice, though actually did a spell thing and it affected my sanity a bit but Andy was the one who really got whammied one time mm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> just one time and he he uh, you he stabbed he, me the first game yeah. you hit me with a brass knuckles the okay. second game yeah the, the way you're describing the way you reacted to it I thought it was sexy time so no. okay. yeah no <laughs> <laughs> yeah Steve runs that kind of call a Cthulhu game <laughs> Don't know what they get up to in California. Yeah. Like, now, yeah. the first, I mean, I created the character as, you know, cured all, all Cthulhu characters to die. Um, but, uh, you know, I gave him the kind of skills you'd want to have for an investigation. He's, you know, a magician, so he can pick locks and, you know, okay. he's got some stealth. He's got some sleight of hand. And uh, the first game we played, uh, uh, you know, we're, it's an investigation. And the investigation is we, you know, walk through the door of a bookstore and there's a monster. And I'm like, shit. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it was basically like that. And it was really funny because Andy Andy used to old school Call of Cthulhu. It's just like we're we do an awful lot of fighting. And Steve's pulp Call of Cthulhu, try to max out your brawl. Because you're gonna use that a lot. <laughs> it's, yeah. pu- it's pulp. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. <clears throat> but yeah, it, it and it was a lot there's like this uh ghostly fish thing who's swimming around and attacking people who get close to this uh this special book. And uh, uh, burn the books. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Andy got whammied um, by the zombie thing, and he's like trying to read this book. That that's where that's where I ended up having to hit him. We were all we're all basically pounding on Andy. I wasn't oh, trying. This was just a regular. I day. wasn't trying to read the book. I just secured it. It happened to be in my pocket when the zombie came alive, so yeah. I was target one. But oh. then, but then, and yeah, because the zombie was going after the book. And so then, uh, after we deal with the zombie, uh, Andy is sort of like, uh, just suddenly is like, oh, I'm going to read the book, and I'm going to leave the room. And we're like, no, no. And Andy's like trying to unwrap the book to read it, and then we ha- get into this slap fight to knock the book out of his hand. When I think of Lovecraft, I think yeah. slap and it fight. Was, I don't recall this at all. <laughs> I, I, I believe I just went insane because of the uh, I filled my sanity roll when the zombie came alive. Uh, and he hit me with a whammy. Well, that might have been at the end. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean by yeah. whammy. I don't mean. I wasn't trying to read the book. I'm. I'm no. My, my... Steve was describing you constantly unwriting. Because uh, I was. Un- well, that was that book. was because I lost my sanity. Right. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm it not. Wasn't s- like I'm. It's actively trying to oh, kill. Oh Jesus H Christ! <laughs> Your character was trying to okay. read the book. That's better. Oh my God. Uh, just a uh, a a word of. Uh, for any new Call of Cthulhu role-playing game players out there, I uh, just want to give you a hint on making your experience easier for you. Uh, read every book you find. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to go really well. But it was fun. Yeah, and uh, was very fun. Dun- Duncan was an interesting addition in the second game. He, uh, he uh, rolled up a, uh, uh, a sailor for, you know, just because it sounded like an interesting character to do pretty much. Again, sounds like sexy time. Yeah. And uh, hey, and, uh you actually role played better than me. He was better at keeping his character voice and all. And, ah. Yeah. 
Very nice. Go dunk. He killed. Uh, he killed Andy with his line. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> we're like, how are we going to explain? We're look- We killed a zombie. The room's covered in blood. There's been shooting in the room. We, we had our. We had the help <clears throat> from the local a, police. A detective. sympathetic detective. Okay. And we turned to him and we we're like, how are we going to explain all this? And Duncan's like, extreme suicide by cop. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So cute. It was lots of fun. Fantastic. Um, now, I didn't write it, but on YouTube, there is already footage of the Rise of the Resistance ride that has opened up in uh, yep. Disneyland, Disney World. It's coming soon, I guess. I will be there on the 23rd Fantastic. of January. My uh, interesting reaction. Of course, you know, I'm experiencing it on a widescreen television sure. in my home, so... It's not the tactile experience of the ride itself. Yeah. Uh, so I, the first time I, I, I watch it, and I'm not all impressed by it. Yeah, there's a lot of people that have, like, even, uh, uh, oh, what's his name that you watch? Uh, Daily Woo. Yes, Daily Woo. Uh, he was talking about how he shot it, watched his video, and he goes, the video doesn't do it justice. He's yes. Like, when you're there in well, person, it's... Amazing! It's sure. completely immersive. There's all this stuff going on around you. So it's it's not that because when I first watched it, I just watched the ride onward. Sure. And then I found one that had all the pre-show cue stuff, yeah. and then the ride. And I'm like, okay, now I get it. Now I'm in. Now I'm on board. And that thing looks friggin' amazing. Yeah, I can't ah. wait to you, go you on ne- it. You need that all that does an amazing yes. setup, so when the ride happens, you are fully involved. What, like more amazing than Star Trek The Experience? Just a little. <laughs> Just a little bit more. Yeah. It does It does really go to show how Disney has become a master of the managed queue for the, yes. their lines. That it's part necessity to get the number of people through per hour that they're intending to do. But it also, it's so well themed. Yes, that you don't even realize how long you've been waiting to get on the ride. And that, and there's a ride before the ride. Yeah, exactly. So it's good plan there. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you guys ever go on the ones at the Luxor? Did we talked. We talked about this before. Yes, the, uh, the, yeah. the Luxor Three Entertainment Choice yeah. Yeah. Uh, storyline. Uh, back in the when they first opened the Luxor back in the '90s when it was family friendly Vegas. Uh, they had well, well, two rides. They had the riverboat ride that went around the circumference of the inside <clears throat> of the pyramid. Yep, that right. didn't last long. <clears throat> no, I never got to go on that one because it was already gone by the time I came out. And did, I did anybody here ride it? I no. looked at it. It wasn't. It was just. It, you're just boating around a casino. I mean, you're you can walk around the same edge. It wasn't. Yeah, sure. I, and that, that's why I never rode it because I didn't see. Well, it doesn't seem to have any like animatronic things no, or nothing. anything. No, so, no. You so. you looked at the the this obelisk actually was an obelisk from you know Cleopatra's bathroom that they found off Alexandria. You know, so you got little bits like that, but that was really about it. It wasn't like. Nubians popping out of the thrush to attack uh, in a surprise attack or Pharaoh's army coming after the you. The backside of Obelisk. You know, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> but the uh, upper floor, the second floor, mm-hmm. uh, was where the attractions were. 
Yeah, yeah there was it, a, three attractions, a good one and two terrible ones. Yes. You mean you, mean, you didn't like Luxor Live? <laughs> oh, oh, it was so now, awful. It was, it, so it awful. was a very Indiana Jones kind of thing. Yeah. The, the first one was a simulator where you were in a simulator vehicle crashing in through all this uh, tomb that they discovered in underneath a, a the very itself. extensive tomb. Now I did, yes. I did like the backstory. The backstory is in there digging the Luxor. Well, and don't forget the 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 start of that before you get on the motion ride is you go into this elevator and the elevator quote unquote falls. Yes. And then it takes you down to the excavation area where you're about to board the... Which is like supposed to be a thousand yeah. miles below beneath the Alcazar. Uh, yeah. I don't think it was that deep, but yeah, it was thousand. It was supposed to be like far out of miles. That's some... That's a lot of miles. Some magma. Area. Oh, so yeah, thousand be, feet. Excuse me, yeah. thousand feet. <laughs> okay, that's better. That's a little better. But uh, yeah, it's you a volcanic down there. Go down this crazy, you know, out of control elevator, and then you get to walk around this excavation area where they have these props that are set up to show you an example of the quote unquote uh, skiff that you're about to board. Yeah, you know. Sure. Of course, I know. I was there. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Andy, please, uh, you see, the backstory. Oh, just about a, to that, say, that was it. That they were they were digging the Luxor, and there was they've hit something and kept digging and found like a whole underground city they were excavating, and there was all this weird ancient technology that was also future technology, and that was like there was a whole past, present, future theme when they built the Luxor. Yeah. At one point, when at one point, Vegas were like four or five fake New Yorks on this trip. There was there was the Luxor. There was the whole MGM had a whole New York section in it. There was the uh, the Boardwalk Casino yep. had a fake Coney Island. Yep, New York, New York came up. I think there was one other there too. But it's like we got a real hard we got a real hard on for a fake New York. Those in, are the uh, ones I 90s. remember. Those are the ones I remember. Yeah. So then you went to. If you got the three ride ticket, you got to do them all in order, and then Luxor Live, as as Jeff had mentioned, which was a three D sitting experience ish. Yes, <laughs> you were looking at a, a bunch of video screens because now you were in the modern part. The treasure was taken from underneath. Yep, and. Then of course the curse of the obelisk takes effect and, and starts. Like it, it is a. A mock talk show. Yeah, I was going to say the conceit is it's a talk show and you're watching right. in the audience. You are the audience of this talk show. The guy that discovered the obelisk with you in that first adventure yep. is talking to the talk show guy. And then, of course, everything goes awry as the curse takes effect. And then the third part was on the, the IMAX screen. At which you get all of a sudden you were flying with futuristic cars for some reason. I can't even remember why the third one was even taking place, but uh, that's what they were. And uh, this is before. I mean, this is before. Um, this is really early nineties. This is right. er, this is early IMAX. Omnimax was already a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Omnimax was the big dome that they would project yep. onto. That was and, at Caesars, right? And this was the first, I believe, IMAX screen in Vegas. Yeah, and one of the earliest ones in the. Yes. Nation. I think there might have been one at the uh, Caesars Palace. I think no, that was, that the, was Omnimax. the Omnimax. Omnimax, okay. same projector, just different format. Though. Yeah, okay. Omnimax <clears throat> was projected onto a curved screen. Oh, okay. And then IMAX was just the flat screen, but massive. They both use 70 millimeter film and massive turntables to feed the film through these gigantic projectors. Mm. 
And now as time goes by and Vegas starts to lose its family friendliness yep. as it gets edging toward Club Vegas and the aughts, they got rid of the last two attractions. Yep. One one became the theater for uh, Carrot, Carrot Top. Top. Yep. Uh, what, the other one just became an IMAX screen for a while, and now that whole area is where the Titanic exhibit is. Right. Yep. And but they kept that first ride for a good while because that was a not bad ride. Yeah, that was that actually, motion ride actually was actually fun. kind of fun and had a kind of a fun story to go along, especially if you like the whole Indiana Jones kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, eventually that went away too. And uh, though the good old days of Vegas attractions. Yeah, but that's yeah. I mean that was before the experience. I mean they definitely yes. improved upon things by the time they got to the experience. Yeah, the the experience arrived. And the last throws of Family Friendly Vegas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is early 90s when Luxor came out with all this goody stuff. Uh, I finished a, a book this week that I, I do want to talk about. Uh, Chuck Wendig's Wanderers. It's been getting a lot of praise in sci-fi circles. And, of course, it was mentioned on the Red Light, Green Light, and a show that I missed a while back. I believe it was red lit by everybody. That's going to make an interesting show. Really? Yeah. Uh, the whole conceit is that... Uh, one day, for some unknown reason, in the United States, some people start walking. Oh, uh, yeah, like I remember a, this. Yes, like a, basically like zombies, all as a group heading toward one direction as the world starts <laughs> to uh, react to it and Like not in a well. specific direction, not towards the no, band no. one no, direction. heading towards the band, exactly. That's how I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> towards one direction, yes. It what, <laughs> it's whatever makes you beautiful. And so... I, I, it's a story I don't want to reveal a whole lot about, but if you like apocalyptic fiction, this is worth your time. It's really good. It's set in uh, with modern issues, if you will. So a book does have a little something to say, but I really enjoyed it through and through, and I loved the twists and turns that it took along the way. I look forward to this TV show once it happens. So it's probably one of the best books I've read of the year. It definitely is the top in the top five of the books I've read this year. So green light for you. Full up through and through. Well, he had a green light anyway, because goddamn Chuck Wendig. I love his stuff. Anything else, gentlemen? Not so much geeky, but I saw Knives Out today, the the movie. Fantastic. It's a great murder mystery. All the performances from all of the actors are just phenomenal. I highly recommend you go see it and go see it in the theater to get the full experience before you before it goes to video. All right. So, I mean, you'll enjoy it in your home obviously, but go see it on the big screen cuz this is it's a smaller film with a smaller budget. It deserves to be experienced on the big screen. We'll probably see it this week because it is the kind of movie that goes in and out yes, quick. Yes. Uh, because I was going to see that and Won't You Be My Neighbor and Won't You Be My Neighbor has already left the theater and that only opened the week before this did. Wow. So, yeah, cuz not only do you have Star Wars opening this yes. week, you have Cats. Okay, now are you going to go see this in the theaters? Cats, absolutely! I'm going to try to go see this. Uh, okay, in the theaters. it's try, too try to creepy. let me know when you're going because I really, if I'm going to see this in the theaters, you're the one I want to see it with. <laughs> that <laughs> is just, a good point, actually. Yeah. It just looks too creepy. I can't the, the the way that they did the CG with the mocap suits, sexy. It just looks oh, bizarre. Yeah. Absolutely and, sexy. No, and, not and, even remotely sexy. Every every one of those cats are fuckable. 
And I'm sorry. I know. I know, <laughs> no. I know we've discussed cats in detail in other episodes. I can't remember. Have you actually seen it performed? Yes. Okay. It's one of the earliest Broadway touring shows I ever saw. So you'll be able to tell us if we go see it in the theaters how much Rebel Williams made up. All of it. Rebel Wilson. Rebel, Rebel Wilson. Wilson Wilson. Does she say something not in song? Yes. And doesn't rhyme? Yes. She made it up. Yes. Well, I saw a preview. And and she was making a joke about one of the cats being neutered, and I'm like, that probably wasn't in the. Uh... The last preview I saw was was the one part that made me pull in the reins a little bit in excitement because very little about that last preview said this is a musical, and there was a lot of spoken word, and I'm like, well, that doesn't happen in Cats at all. <laughs> um, if if it's not the jellical rhyme, then that's. I love there was one comment on uh, looking at these CG cats. Why do the females have breasts if they're cats? And it's like, why do they have human faces? Yeah. It's like, <clears throat> why it's, do they have moose knuckles? You know, I would like to obvious. direct everyone to my earlier fuckable line. Yeah. Anything else, gentlemen? Uh, I did something, but what, what'd you do? I'll be hanged if I can remember. I went right. to Seattle and went and uh, worked the uh, Facebook Christmas party. There you go. That's a thing. That's yeah. geeky. When did you do that? Friday. I, so you like flew out and then just flew right back? Yeah. Friday, flew back Saturday. Wow. That's, that's the life of Andy. Yeah. The life of Andy. Yeah. He gets is. invited to Facebook for the weekend. Yeah. yeah. For a day. For a for day. day. For a day to work. Yeah. <laughs> I, liked, I liked how... Workable side, you know, I was gonna I was gonna rent a car, and then I got there. I'm like, I don't need to rent a car. There's a train that goes to the middle of town where my gig is, and I can get a hotel there and yep. walk to my gig. And it's like, Hell yeah. yeah, it's city living, man. Yeah, real city living. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, it was also. Uh, it's funny because you got that through the caricature thing. Yeah, that's but that's part of going to the caricature convention. I, I somebody I met there. Posted that they're looking for artists and I'm see like, already paying dividends. Yeah, already paying dividends. Yeah, his his hobby is paying mm. off. Uh, Jeff, <laughs> I, I will note about Seattle. Why are you attacking me? <laughs> I'm just bringing it. I, I what? I'm just casually just bringing, bringing it, up. it up. Just bringing it up. Bringing it up. <laughs> My GPS walking around Seattle. Kept trying to take me down alleyways. <laughs> Apparently, my GPS really wants Duncan to be Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I do. I, I, no, there's, there's, I'm sure there's a joke in there somewhere. I'm just gonna let it go. <laughs> I do have a banana splat to throw out. Yeah, um, it's from a, a short while ago, and this is going out to Jeff Harris uh, because on the book club, uh, on the Facebook page for the book club, he posted when they had the Expanse sale on the Kindle, which they had every single book of the Expanse series on sale and that series never goes on sale oh wow so thank you jeff i bought every single one of them so i never have to wow. worry about it ever again. how many is that it's like nine ten ten books god almighty it's already there well it's it's the core books and then there's some addendum novellas yeah so okay because i was i was i mean i remember that there was like the core trilogy and then it just it, um, I didn't didn't know about the additional stuff. So thank you so much, Jeff, for posting that to the book club. And speaking of the book club, this month we are reading A Study in Emerald uh, by Neil Gaiman. That is a graphic novel that uh, mashes together Sherlock Holmes and Lovecraft. So, so no holiday books this season, huh? Eh, 
It's it's a graphic <laughs> novel. There's only so many Christmas graphic novels you can do in this world. I just was asking a question. Yeah. When did this come out? This sounds great. Uh, not sure. Not that long ago. Mm. Yeah. So that is uh, the discussion's already begun. I haven't finished it, so I haven't joined it yet. But I know uh, at least some person, somebody has uh, commented so far. Mm. So uh, if there's nothing else, gentlemen, just a little piece of email mm. uh, in response to something you guys discussed last week. Uh-oh. It's from Simon Scoops. He writes, I don't know if anyone else has let you know, but Dan Aykroyd is on the autism spectrum. Wes explains his behavior on movies that made us, uh-huh. uh, as is Tim Burton and Daryl Hannah. Uh, been waiting for my own diagnosis for ages, damn NHS. So a little British there. Oh. Yeah, they actually... Well, don't worry, buddy. That's yeah. not going to be around much longer. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, you're going to be you're fine. You're good. You're cool. You're, you're going to love the American-style health care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's something I've come across when looking up Asperger's. Apparently, Aykroyd <laughs> used his Asperger's traits when playing Ray in Ghostbusters 2. That pronunciation always kills me. It sounds like you people are saying Asperger's. <laughs> it's, it's what it it's is. It's like street lingo for hemorrhoids. It's just... <laughs> Oh, my oh, no. God. You don't want to Google Asperger's. Trust me. Yeah. Yes, you you really don't. Oh, um, man. Google that with Blue Waffle. <laughs> no, don't do that one either. You got Blue Waffle on my Asperger's. You got Asperger's on my Blue Waffle. Mm, ah, what a magical taste. <laughs> so thank you, Simon, for uh, chiming in with that information. That's uh, That does clear- clarify a few things. <laughs> And apparently muddy some other ones. Um, uh, I didn't know that about Daryl. <laughs> wow. Anything else, gentlemen? Uh, and that's the answer. So let's do some news you don't give a shit about. Yeah! Like that? Yeah, no, nice and short, short like but, okay. you, but you okay. burst out. All right, good. Marvel is changing course on one of its four adult-themed animated comedies at Hulu. Tigra and Dazzler show oh. showrunner Erica Rivanoja. Uh, Rivanoja. Riva does knowsia. She and, knows me. And the comedy's entire writing staff have been fired from the series. Fired. Oh, whoa. Following creative differences with Marvel. Ugh. Sources say she and her team had completed multiple scripts and outlines for others and were 15 weeks into a planned 20-week production cycle. Uh, Production on the show has been paused as sources note Marvel plans to hire a new showrunner and have them build their own writing team as part of a larger creative overhaul. So uh, an adult animated show, adult-themed by women, apparently just just not going to do it. (laughs) For Marvel, I don't with know. two female characters, I'm shocked that they ended it that far into the production cycle. All the work Rivanova and her f- staff had completed is being thrown out. Uh, wow! H- Hulu and Marvel remain committed to making Tiger and Dazzler. Uh, picked up in February as part of Hulu and Marvel's Netflix-like four show and a special universe. Uh, Tiger and Dazzler is earmarked to be the third comedy out of the gate. Production on the first two, Modoc and Hitmonkey, remain on track, as does the fourth, Howard the Duck. While all four shows will come together in a special title, The Offenders, in a nod to Marvel Netflix miniseries mashup, The Defenders, uh, none of them are interconnected. They will not cross over until the one-off, so issues on Tiger and Dazzler will not have an impact on any of the shows in the works. 
the animated lineup and the live-action drama Hellstrom will be all that remains of Marvel's programming at Hulu as the live-action drama Runaways wraps up, uh, wrapped up uh, December 13th after three sessions, or sorry, three seasons. <laughs> and the uh, Ghost Rider live-action drama was also canned. Uh, sources note that the creative changes coming to Tiger and Dazzler had nothing to do with Marvel's executive restructuring. Uh, no, t- no, never. Uh, no. Tiger and Dazzler, which will feature executive producer Chelsea Handler in one of its leading voice roles, is the story of two superheroes and best friends, Tiger and Dazzler, as they fight for recognition among powered people who make up the 8 million stories in L.A. Uh, Jeff Loeb is attached to executive produce all of Hulu's Marvel animated shows. But he's retiring soon, so how's that going to work? Yeah. Yeah, because they also announced this week that like Marvel Television is done, done. They're yes, folding yeah. it over. But this, yeah, but that is not part of that. Never has been under that. Banner. Well, right, but still. In fact, Loeb is brought on for this specifically, so he might still be attached at this point because this information came out uh, well after the restructuring yeah. announcements. Although apparently <laughs> at some point this week there, there's a rumor going around that uh, Feige might ask Loeb Be to gay. stick around for a little bit longer around Marvel. Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen with that? I saw that headline. Feige wants longer Loeb. <laughs> oh, Kirsten. Just weird. I liked it. So yeah. no, I'm sorry. I'm just in a funny mood. I'm watching Andy like look sideways at his phone. Like you can tell he's jonesing to to lay out a, a four four letter word across the triple and really just bomb uh, his opponent. On. Uh, honestly, it's a chicken and the egg thing. I think you glanced over there first, and I glanced over to see what was going on. I thought no. something was on my phone. No, no, no. Okay, uh, that was you reacting to my glance, uh, noticing you glancing the first. He doesn't even know he's doing it, guys. Wow. I, I actually have been all focused on my arm because it went nu- it went numb on me because I had my me. shirt twisted around a weird way, so it was cutting off the circulation. So I've been playing with my fingers the whole goddamn episode. <laughs> <laughs> Is your shirt undersized? What's going on? Oh, most of my shirts are undersized. I'm a fat man now. Oh. I need to lose oh. fifty pounds. You discussed right. this. Okay. Uh, yeah, and he wears like proper button ups. See, he doesn't cheat like like me wearing t-shirts where you can just bust out of those fuckers and you can still breathe and shit. I wear this stretchy fabric. Yeah, you know. Andy puts on that constrictive business stuff that you're just like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, I'm, when I'm in the magazine, I'm, you know, I'm, you're not I'm in the magazine. like a grown-up. You're not but, in the uh, magazine. Well, I came back from the you're, magazine. Yeah, I was well, writing all night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Writing stupid shit I don't care about. Wicked Geek! <laughs> hey! <laughs> what geeky thing you do, Andy? I wrote the stupid shit I don't care about. <laughs> I read about the uh, the uh, Anaheim Convention Center. That was exciting. Sometimes. Depends on what's going yeah. on down there. There's there's cool yeah. things that I happen. Think, oh, oh, no, I I'm not Anaheim. writing about what's going on there. I'm writing about them building it. So, <laughs> you uh, They're too. building a new one? 19, no. <laughs> no, it was, built, it was built in 1967. This is good. And remodeled six times since then. Torgo uh. and Jeff are revealing what uh, Andy's pain stage by stage. <laughs> just just <laughs> level. <laughs> oh, well. So the, you're the writing movie. about the history of the center. Part of that. Part okay. of that, yeah. <laughs> I got you. What's the other part? It's a magazine about the exhibit and experiential event industry. Okay. Every company I write about sounds like a CIA cover. It's all Corpco and 
And when these guys die, because I have to write the obituaries, they leave no trail. There is no electronic presence of these people. There are no pictures of them. We're well, it makes the obituary nah, easier, right? It's all CIA. <laughs> They're all goddamn spies. David Beninoff and D.B. Weiss have just signed on to produce a new film for Warner Brothers inspired by the works of horror master H.P. Lovecraft based on Vertigo graphic novel Lovecraft from Hans Rodinoff and Keith Giffen and Enrique Brexia. Brexia. Uh, details on the untitled movie are light, but the report speculates that it may turn on a, a, on a twist. As the synopsis for the graphic novel asks, what if the imaginary terrors of Lovecraft uh, that he wrote about were not imaginary at all? What if the monsters he created are real? Oh, if only Lovecraft had used that twist. <laughs> what they twist. <laughs> that, it, you, you know, it, this uh, so far I'm going to say green light. Yeah. Why? Because Lovecraft is pretty much finished all his work. So they don't have to worry about filling in episodes, you know, in the final season. Sure, sure. So, what, Jeff? <laughs> Jeff's shaking like his it. head, folks. I like oh, don't the, worry, they got this. Yeah. They got this. I like the is the use of Lovecraft in the uh, the Illuminati trilogy or the Illuminatus trilogy. The the Anson one. Yes. Yeah. They 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 go up to his house and knock on his door and. And they they talk about that these things are real and all, and they wanted to ask about how he knows about how they're real. And he goes, "I don't, I don't believe they're real. But if you believe they're real, you really shouldn't be messing with them." <laughs> <laughs> uh, no early word on who might direct the film. The only other information about the project for now uh, posits that it may be set in 1920 within the Cthulhu mythos. Along the script, uh, along. Along to script, the new film are Aeon Flux scribes Phil Hay and Matt Medfordini, the team whose previous credits include uh, Ride Along, The Invitation, and Destroyer. Uh, Kathleen Kuzama, who directed the latter two movies, will also reportedly serve as executive producer on the Lovecraft Project. 20's interesting. That's before most of his stuff is published. Right. Well, that's how he learns about it. Right. Gotcha. (sighs) Holy shit. Uh, ben Enough and Weiss recently announced they were st- uh, stepping away from the Star Wars movie trilogy and undertaking they'd originally boarded as the most ambitious of their post-Game of Thrones projects. The pair are still committed to their mammoth Netflix deal, though, which uh, makes the streaming giant their new post-HBO television home. The overall creative deal with Netflix, valued somewhere around $200 million dollars, Gives Netflix executive uh, exclusive access to a bevy of forthcoming series and feature-length projects overseen by the creative duo. But WB's Lovecraft film project reportedly predates that arrangement with Netflix by several years. Yeah, nothing nothing is published in 1920. So it's all, all... No, I just wanted to make sure I was not... Oh, okay. Misspeaking. Absolutely. It's, stuff, it's Lovecraft. Stuff. You don't want to be caught on the... Internet. Oh, oh here we go. Here's, here's a 1919 published. Okay. Which one? Beyond the Wall of Sleep. All right. He was still figuring himself out. Cast of Ulthar, 1920. Definitely. Cell of 1920. Yeah, the 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 the, the Odegan, 1917. I, I but published were, 1919. I thought there were a few, but I wasn't going to challenge the Doom that came to Sarnath. <laughs> Lovecraft scholar. Yeah, but, but the, the no, that's why I'm checking. The, the, the best ones, the ones that are most known are all. 
Yeah, oh, from beyond. From beyond's a pretty solid well, one. Oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. the ones that are best known are what? Are they late twenties, well, thirties? What? Uh, yeah, Dagon. Well, Dagon's. Yeah. Um, Dagon's not one of Dagon his be- is yeah. It's not one of his better works. Ah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Todd concedes he has, graciously. He has a. He has a, a 1921, 1922, 1930 or so is when he's really strongest, and he okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. So when you were like 1920s, uh, I was just like, I, I, I seem to recall most publication dates are in the 1920s. I was sort of confused. I was confused with you. That's why I double checked. I want to make sure I don't misread, mis uh, speak. Marvel Uh? is getting its first ever hotel at Disneyland Paris. It opens June 15th, 2020, when Disney's Hotel New York, The Art of Marvel, debuts. It'll bring a new superhero overlay to the previous Metropolitan-inspired hotel, packed with hundreds of pieces of Marvel artwork by dozens of artists. Themed suites will boast one-of-a-kind murals, and an on-site Marvel design studio teaches kids how to make their very own comic books. There's also vaguely Manhattan-themed upscale eateries where you can meet characters inside the hotel with no park ticket required. Interesting. I was going to say, I'm I'm hoping it's like... I look forward to Paris. I I am Jean Grey. Let me telekinesis your bags to your room. Oh, it's not working. I'll get a cart. I look forward to Paris's take on hot dogs and water cooking in a cart all day. (laughs) Uh, With the impending Marvel re-theme coming to a portion of Walt Disney Studios Park, the first ever Marvel hotel is only the first in a lengthy list of forthcoming experiences. Yes, so they're getting a whole Marvel section at Disneyland Paris. Wow. So they're going to be throwing a lot of stuff at the Somebody was like, I know how to help Disneyland Paris. This will get a lot of people in. Yes, we're smart. Sp- we're supposed to be getting the, the, the Marvel-themed area in both uh, Orlando and Anaheim, right? Yes. Well, you kinda. got that Anaheim Convention Center there. Right, so, right. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Right no, across from no, Disneyland, actually. Nobody wants to know about the history of that. But beneath it's, that, on, it's on Catella. <laughs> but beneath that, we all know that's a CIA testing site. I'll lock that's Q. right. No, the funny that's where Q works. The funny thing about all my writing is that I know because I just wrote it. I know it all. You know, three days from now, I won't know any of this shit. Sure, it all gets wiped out, so I can put it in the next. That's step. why we're trying to mine that knowledge now, that's Andy. Right. That's right. We gotta we gotta strike while the iron is hot. If Air America is part of the the shipping. For the center, then you know it's CIA, Andy. Mm. There you go. And you know, I, I, I just, this is going to be great. I am Bruce Banner, and you don't want to make me a uh, oak. Because, you know, they don't say, yeah, yeah. oak, 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 smash. Oak, smash. That'll be fun. Oh, that's, I it's am, already fun. I am Hercules. I shall fight Ulk. Oh, boom, 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 boom. I am the friendly neighborhood spotter man. Yeah. Uh, I am Thor. <laughs> Thor. <laughs> I am Thor. Watch out while I use Mijonnaire upon you. Mijonnaire. Mijonnaire. Be careful, it's Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky. Lucky. Oh. oh, who are we kidding? Batrock's going to be the main character in the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a great flurry of work for all those French kickboxer dudes mm. in Paris. 
At least Gambit will sound right. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> the dance of a thousand no, batrocks. No, all the all the New Orleans people would be like, God damn, his accent is <laughs> awful. <laughs> oh my god. He sounds like shit. Bring back people a pew. When the new DC Comics-inspired streaming series Stargirl arrives on DC Universe next year, oh yeah, it'll get a two-platform boost on the CW. The network announced that the new series, which will follow the adventures of the titular teenage <laughs> superhero, will air new episodes on the CW the day after they debut on DC Universe streaming service. Titular. Like other DC Universe series, including Titans and Doom Patrol, Stargirl is expected to air weekly on the streaming service and will get the added boost of a CW broadcast the next day. After each broadcast, the Stargirl episodes will also be available on the CW's own streaming platform. So viewers who don't subscribe to DC Universe and didn't catch it on the TV can then watch it on that service as as well. You know what? If they just had one service, you like if there was only one service that covered all this, it'd be so much easier. I'm guessing it probably has something to do with that weird agreement between CBS and Warner Brothers and how they distribute those series and Yeah, we so think forth. about it being in a great time for the geek and new geek uh, industry, but it's uh-huh. really a great time for contract lawyers. Yeah. Oh, wow. They're, they're they're having the heyday. It's see, I didn't even know it was going to be part of the streaming service because they had during the uh, crisis on Infinite Earths um, crossover, they had the preview for Star Girl, and they only said coming soon to the CW. Ah, so I had no idea that it was going to be on streaming service and broadcast. And after the season is completed, the full Stargirl season will remain available on both DC Universe and CW digital platforms. Woohoo! Uh, news of Stargirl's two-platform strategy comes just weeks after it was revealed that the second season of Doom Patrol will attempt a similar launch on two different streaming services, DC Universe and HBO Max. Stargirl will be the first DC Universe show to air on a broadcast TV network, which puts it in the company of the DC Entertainment mainstays on the CW, like Flash and Batwoman. Uh, based on the DC comic character of the same name, Stargirl follows Courtney Whitmore, a high school student who becomes part of a major superhero superheroic legacy and teams up with a group of other young heroes to battle supervillains. Imagine that. The series will be shepherded by the showrunners Jeff Johns, uh yeah. Yep. I thought he went into retirement. Uh, he made his own production company, so now oh, he's okay. at apparently spent about in his interview on the the CW during the crisis uh, the, with Kevin Smith. He said he's been working on this for like ten I, years. I need to see Crisis with Kevin Smith. That's a that ought to be really creature. cool. It's it's an after show that they were oh, Crisis on Infinite Kevin's. <laughs> It's an after show. Oh. It's Kevin Smith. I think they call it Crisis Aftermath. And it, uh, so far, there's only been two episodes. But Kevin yeah, Smith. Yeah, he like does it. some math problems. And then he's like, oh, I hate math. This sucks. Fat Kevin Smith crosses over with the skinny Kevin Smith who crosses over with fat Kevin, uh, fat pen and skinny pen. Yep. It's wild. Yep. One that hates pot. Mm. Nah. Which one? 
none of them. <laughs> the series will be shepherded by showrunner. Now oh, I did that part. Stargirl does not yet have an announced release date, but Variety's report notes that we can likely expect the series sometime in the second quarter of 2020. Who they cast? Is she as hot as Man- Ma- Melissa Bevoist? They cast Brie Bassinger. I'll show you a picture later. Bassinger? Sure. It, yes. It, no, not related. Oh, apparently, because okay. I thought so too. I looked. Thanks, at it. Jeff. She's not, uh, you headed me off from a humiliating something. That's yeah. what I'm here for. Yeah. Yeah. He was about to say it was written in the 1920s. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> true. Dateline 1928. The game. Crisis. I've passengers. The Game Awards happened last Thursday, and Microsoft's Phil Spencer took to the stage to reveal the next Xbox One replacement console, uh, sporting a vertically-oriented, blocky look that veers in a different direction than any console that's come before. Uh, Spencer rolled out the new console, the Xbox Series X. So that's what it's going to be called. Xbox X. What a terrible damn name. Uh, The Microsoft's new flagship gaming rig. Uh, Though we've already heard plenty about what kind of graphics and processing the high-powered console will perform, Spencer kept the details to a minimum, preferring to let the console's new look do the talking. Uh, Series X, said Spencer, will deliver the fastest, most powerful Xbox in the company's history, uh, with games already in develop to take full advantage of the next-gen power. While the Xbox Series X will sit atop Microsoft's Xbox lineup, it likely won't be the only Xbox console you'll be able to get your hands on as uh, the console war heats up again. A cheaper, less powerful version is reportedly also in the works, uh, though with fewer tech goodies under the hood. It'll still outmaneuver the fastest Xbox One and PlayStation 4 of the current generation. Wow, I haven't even gotten my Xbox One. I just, you know. I'm you so, ordered it years ago. How's I it know, happen? it's just, I gotta write someone a letter. Yeah. Gotta get it one piece at a time like Johnny Cash. Yeah, yeah really. It's yeah. just, wow. You know, there's a lot of tech enthusiasts that are saying that this new one is going to really blur the line between a high-end PC f- built for gaming and console because of the I, power ooh. that they're putting into this. I can hear Matt's harump from yeah, there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we don't need Matt in the show. He's already kind of in our subconscious. Uh, uh, you people are the reason why games suck. Well, I mean, the, <laughs> the, the new Xbox UI is loosely based on you know, Windows 10, so, I mean, it's... Wow. You know, How'd I'm that sure. happen? <laughs> I don't know. How did that happen? I, I'm I'm asking you, Jeff. You're the tech guy. Uh, it's because that's how they're trying to unify all of their different platforms is to make it a core operating system and then just skinning it for different usage. Well, I was rhetorical, but okay. <laughs> Actually, Jeff, I got a question for you. Oh, here we go. Sure. Duncan pointed out that because he's a night owl and he spends most of his time up at night instead of day, that he's noticed that when he's on the computer, every single night about 4.15, the internet shuts off for a few minutes. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> there you go. Answer. Okay. Problem solved. Boy, I feel better now. <laughs> uh, is, is, there some, is there actually something behind that? You're on cable modem, right? Yeah. A lot of them refresh later at night in considered off-peak hours so that the average user doesn't notice that, you know. So it's like a refresh thing? Yeah, it's it's essentially like, you know, 
it refreshes your IP address and all that stuff. Okay, because so he was he was one because he was like it. It seems to me like maybe it's a licensing thing, and they do their licenses now on twenty four hour basis, so you have to do the license over again, but you know every yeah. day or something. Mine does that. It refreshes um, around that time, and so does my like my cable box does it around that same time too. Well, I, it was funny because I joked. It's like well, probably their research showed that you know nobody's online at that time except for this one guy in Henderson, and they're just like, eh, fuck him. Pretty much, and then and then uh, Duncan gave his <laughs> silent laugh that he reserves for yeah, us for older us. folk. Yeah, not as real when we hear creeping through his door. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that hyena bouncing off the walls. It really is funny how different that laugh is. Anyway, uh, uh, this next story. Uh oh. Um, I need yeah. to find out who has been um, sneaking into my home and peering into my brain while I've been sleeping. Me, because this is the movie I've. Didn't know I wanted all my life, but somebody obviously knows me better uh, than I know myself. I mean, your wife's usually up late. Why didn't you ask her who's sneaking in there and drilling into your brain? A fine point. I shall. You know, I, well, this I is, think we have an obvious, uh, an obvious uh, 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 yes? suspect. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you look at me? We don't live very anymore. <laughs> I'm looking at you because you were there. You know, you you can see if she has a drill. Well, he's not there anymore. Oh, I'm not accusing her. I'm just saying she. <laughs> I am. She is usually awake late, so she would probably see if somebody uh, is. The important point, drilling folks, into his brain. is spoiler alert: the protagonist betrays people and kills them in the end. Okay, <laughs> what's your movie? Nicholas Cage is headed to a haunted amusement park in Wally's Wonderland. Oh my. The film from director Kevin Lewis would see Cage's janitor character stuck in a terrifying amusement park overnight. Animatronic characters come to life in Five Nights at Freddy's fashion with an unwitting custodian needing to battle his way through the monsters until morning. That does sound like something you would wow. dream up. Quote, for me, there was always one actor and only one actor who could make this movie work, said Lewis <laughs> to Deadline. <laughs> And that actor is Nick Cage. I'm thrilled to be working with him and can't wait to see him go up against Wally and his gain into psychopathic misfits. I see this movie as Pale Rider versus Killer Clowns from Outer Space, unquote. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, they really Oof. did appear in your brain. Now, Thank you. Uh, yes. <laughs> it sounds a little like the Banana Splits thing they did. No, because that was a costumed character kind of thing. Oh, they're costume characters? Yeah. They're not robots on right. that? Obviously, shooting I never you saw up, it. Is somebody shooting up with ketamine again? Is that is that where <laughs> this is coming from? <laughs> uh, and, then, yes. and then just recording she it? She drills into the brain and drips the ketamine in with an eyedropper. Uh, Wally's Wonderland. And then just records the in, what he puts says. Puts the ketamine mm -hmm. in or it gets the drill again. Uh, I'm down. <laughs> sure. And out. Let's... Uh, because that's my one regret. I'm, I'm willing to die again. <laughs> <laughs> not not recording his uh, his rant. Yeah, that's while he was totally yeah, definitely. While he was the, on the K trip. On the other hand, it sounds like this movie. As soon as Nick turns to the screen and goes, "Hi, Jeff," <laughs> we're gonna realize, "Oh shit, they really did." Uh, when Legoland New York opens next summer, it will launch with Bricksburg. An all-new land exclusive to the East Coast Park. It's here that guests will be shrunken down to the size of a Lego minifigure. The forthcoming Lego Factory adventure ride will culminate in a surprise ending with like-life presentation of you as a Lego minifigure, eyeglasses, facial hair, and all. Uh, to pull it off, Lego is utilizing, quote, the world's most advanced motion tracking and facial 
detection technology, assuring future writers that the on-screen reveal will provide a shockingly accurate Lego version of one's self. Neat. All to the tune of the Commodore's Brick House. I hope not. Legoland New York posts <laughs> that will replicate everything from its cl- from clothing design and color to facial features and accessories within the new ride display. Legoland New York opens July 4th, 2020. And then the following year will be the release of a fan film that was filmed on site over the course of the summer using stop action uh, animation with live actors in the Legoland to make their own Lego movie. I'm down. I think that'd be great. Starring Nicolas Cage as a janitor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nicolas Cage, stop I just read, I, I, Could he even do that? Could he hold still? There's no official confirmation from Lucasfilm yet, but I just read this week that the rumor is that Lego is going to have to remove all of their Star Wars-themed um, uh, sets from the, all the Legolands, like where they've recreated the oh, different really? sets from the different movies. You know, Co- like, contracts up, huh? I apparently, I mean, you know, there's no publicly released details on that contract, but those are pretty that, cool. I, that's dumb know, on both their parts. I think I, that I, contract. Yeah. I think it is too. So maybe it, like it's in that rumor territory. I.e., they're trying to get both parties to, you know, sit down and negotiate. But they the the point was that they said Disney seems to be a lot more um, hardcore about protecting the ip than lucasfilm was when it was owned by lucas like he would license it he's like no that sounds like a cool idea here's a contract but protecting the ip that's it's a it's a weird phrase to use since it seems like so much is just stomping out engaging exposure yeah i mean it's it's yeah it's not really about protection it's more about you know direct being able to directly profit from the merchandise profit from it and mercilessly control as as opposed to just licensing out oh yeah here you go make make a make a few lego sets what they should do is not let make lego make any more star wars lego stuff that'll show them yeah yeah (laughs) bitch brick drop (laughs) ping 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 now disney would just start making their own D blocks. Oh my God! <laughs> you know what's funny? They would. Yes. And then when Lego D blocks, and then when they sued them, the Disney would just crush them Probably. with counter suits and. Wow. And then they'd buy Lego. And, <laughs> and then they'd buy Lego. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that's their grand plan. They're going to yeah. buy Lego from the uh, the family. That and then they'll it. start out with this Italian-based uh, scenario called Dago blocks. And yikes! It depends on Commander K, the Pollock over here. <laughs> Don't wow. reflect the opinions oh of, of, of <laughs> the wow. Mick over here. Come on, it's it, it guys. We I'm got so little we can make fun of. Don't take this away from me. <laughs> don't don't take away my my Italian racial slurs. <laughs> <laughs> At least he didn't call him. He's still fighting hard to keep gypsy. At least he didn't (laughs) call him pole blocks. (laughs) Pole blocks? No? No, because the the, the Polish blocks don't have the little knob on it. They just slide off. There you go. There you go. Jesus Christ. You just got to hope it works. On the other hand, pole locks? Ooh. They keep everybody out of the house, (laughs) even the owners of the house. I think you're making up your own racial stereotypes now. (laughs) Where did I go wrong? Yeah, you know. Where's the keyhole? Keyhole? 
You know those Mexicans, they hate unicorns. I mean, what are we doing <laughs> Well, I don't know where this is going. There was the Mexican-Scots war that time. <laughs> and so scots war? Yeah, what? and so that's why the Mexicans hate unicorns. Because the official animal of Scotland is a... Wow, I had to explain yeah, an anti-obscuritismism. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fun to be on this side of it. <laughs> It Isn't was great. really fun. Yeah. You were you, yeah. you were all just like, what the heck is that all about? Oh, it's yeah, like it's like getting lost. It's so hard for me to do. I'm out in the woods. I'm like, oh, I'm actually lost. This is cool. <laughs> it's for a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> now is a perfect time to tell your getting oh, lost yeah. story. <laughs> I guess it is. Yeah. Todd, put everything on pause. Oh, uh, forgive me. I am writing down why Mexicans hate <laughs> unicorns. <laughs> Oh, I see. We can't go with spite poop, but we can go with Mexicans hating unicorns. Oh, oh that's not the name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I can guarantee it. <laughs> so anyway, Andy. So like a couple weeks ago, was it even that long ago? Maybe it was a week ago. Fongo? Maybe two weeks ago. Anyways, during at some point during the impeachment stuff, during the, the live coverage of the impeachment. How did we get here? My lost story. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I've not listened to NPR a lot since since 20, 2016 because okay. you know it's it's just grinds my teeth. Um, just don't want to hear about any of it. It all, it all makes my head hurt. Um, so you were driving and listening. So to I NPR. was driving for some reason. I was listening to that and I was weirdly fascinated. It was it was a day that it was like downpour rain. So I'm driving to the magazine and I drive. And I take my my exit, and I take my regular turns, and suddenly I look up, and I'm back here. I'm like, back where? I'm I'm up at the mesa. I'm at the other end of the mesa. I'm like, how, how did I get here? And and for a moment, I was like, did I have a stroke? Did I just drive across town in a stupor? Did I just lose like twenty minutes of my life driving across town? And it was, it was just a combination of it's raining, so you couldn't see a lot of the stuff around you. Um, I'm being careful because of the rain, so I'm being very attentive to the road, but I'm also listening to the, the intense discussion on the radio. And what I'd done is just taken off on the, fir- on the wrong exit and made all the right turns, but that brought me back to the back end of this area. I love that. He, he followed the path to work. He just did it one exit too early. <laughs> and apparently, that gets you home. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the bit about, and I checked my clock, I and it's, uh, I was like, yeah, yeah I, I did. I looked at the clock, and it was like, oh, it's been three minutes since I checked it. Okay, I didn't lose time. There's another explanation. How did I do this? <laughs> you can lose yourself in that shit. Oh, yeah. I remember traveling from Cincinnati back to my university in Indiana and listening to a Carl Heisen's uh, strip tease. Oh, love Heisen. And... I was so ingrained in listening to it that I ran out of gas on oh. the highway. Like, oh. all, like all of a sudden, I just felt a jolt in my car, and then everything just started slowing down. I'm like, what was going on? <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with my car? <laughs> and that's when I see the gaslight for the first time oh, in no. all this time. And so I start hoofing it. To the, wherever the next exit is. Thankfully, wow. nice police officer. Yeah, stops and picks me up to take me to the. No, that's thing. kind of. Of and course, then, he, could, he put you back in the locked back top pack of the car. 
nice nicely he didn't. He let what? me yeah, he let me sit up front. He, what? And he got him some ice cream afterward. It was what? <laughs> Yeah. I'm always in the back. Gave him a car. little honorary bi- well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop. <laughs> It's Indiana, and you're white. I'm going to put you in the front. Yeah. Okay. It, it's so funny, also, when Andy make that joke, because it's just like, poor Andy had that awful stretch where every time he got pulled over, they take his license and registration, and then they come back and do you know there's a bench warrant for your <laughs> <laughs> And Andy's like, what? I paid that ticket. <laughs> God. All right, gentlemen. I'm, I'm a criminal. They they have been piling up over time, so we need to do some red light, green light. Red light, green light, such a fun game to play. Yeah. Doesn't matter what you say, they're gonna make this shit anyway. Green light, all of them. Maybe so. You know, it might be it's, it's, it might be what's happening. It's just easier might be one that of those way. days. I need a fresh soda for this. Well, we don't we don't have Matt here, so there's going to be a lot more green lighting. <laughs> it's very possible, and it is an even number. So yeah. if for some reason it does tie out, we have to send it to the Shock Monkeys layer to break true, the true. tie. All right. So uh, called the executives here. Um, we got a lot more uh, things to throw money at, but just know that your job is on the line. Is executives of this television company. So here's a bunch of pitches. I've lost one of my guys. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah? He's, he's drinking. He said he needed oh. a fresh soda. Obviously, he, he's done this job before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's time for day drinking. <laughs> All right. Uh, red what light, do you mean green start? light. He was a day drinker. It's not bad. Don't encourage him. Disney Plus. Put in a straight-to-series order for a half-hour puppet talk show called Ned Earth to Ned. The comedy follows Ned, a blue-skinned alien, and his lieutenant Cornelius, who were sent to scout Earth for an eventual invasion, but instead became obsessed with pop culture. Now they host a talk show broadcast from the bridge of their starship hidden deep underground where they interview our most precious commodity, celebrities, and talk about Ned's current pop culture obsessions. Ned will be bringing real-life celebrity guests to his ship from across the known universe and interviewing them late-night talk show style in hopes of producing the ultimate talk show, making Ned a celebrity and putting him further off his mission. The more Ned learns about human culture, the more obsessed he becomes. Puppetry will be done by the Jim Henson Company. Oh, Earth. Earth to Ned on Disney Plus, red light, green light. That last sentence was my only question, and and that wasn't even a deal breaker. Yeah, green light. That sounds fun. Sure, green light. Sounds interesting. <clears throat> it's been done before. Space Ghost. Alien, Alien fascinated with uh, pop culture and Smith. Triumph the Insult Dog. Smith Brown Jones, <clears throat> Alien Accountant. There you go. So, green light. So it's a space ghost alien encounter. Yeah. Yeah. With puppets. Yeah. I like Why blue, not? I like the blue puppets too. 
They do blue puppets. I get very yeah, happy. Let me slide over this seat. Hang on. So you're saying you use a green light as long as it's oh, a blue Oh, no, puppet. no. Bullshit on this. No, no. Canada's not putting any money in this. <laughs> All right. Screw that. You just He just moved over to Matt's seat <laughs> since you didn't have the visual out there. Yeah, and that was the stupid bullshit right there. Moving over yeah. like that. Just Move back like the chair that. before that go, affects me. Go, <laughs> go, go ahead. Andy, give it your best shot. What? The nope. man baby voice. I'm, no, I'm over back in my <laughs> chair now. I'm safe. <laughs> well, so K's riding Low Ranger on this. Jeez. Bass What's Reeves. I learned that from uh, from Watchmen. Yep. Bass Reeves, the real Lone Ranger. Bass, Bass Reeves. I learned that from yeah. uh, from uh, the dollop. <clears throat> it's really funny, too, because a friend of mine, Cooper, um, He's black, and he he was kind of like because a bunch of us were rage raving about about this, and he's like, I have mixed feelings because on the one hand I'm really happy that people are excited and and, and want to hear it, but on the other hand I'm really I really despair that there's so many people who've never heard this before, and this and so many other stories I grew up with hearing about all the time, and I already knew, and it you know it's kind of true. Because the whole erasure thing. Because mm-hmm. I know more than my share of Western files who would no doubt have said, you know, nah, black deputy, nah, they wouldn't let him do that. You know, it's that kind of, I, I kind, I call it like backhanded racism, where they're not being racist. They're commenting on how other people would have been racist, because beyond a shadow of doubt, they wouldn't have let them do that. Uh. You know. And so, and it's like, actually, you know, there's, there's a lot more, there is tons of oppression. That, that's one of the dichotomies. There's tons of oppression, but there are also a lot of examples of, of people doing things that you wouldn't expect. You go, there was a, somebody linked to a Black Firsts um, website that listed a whole bunch of first black person, blah, blah, blah. And there's a shit ton of stuff happening in the 1800s that um, you would not have guessed actually could have happened. But there is stuff going, you know. So it's an interesting it's an interesting bit of lesson about uh, learning your own history. But yeah. Bass Reeves. Lone Ranger. Let's get him on Earth tonight. Yeah, really. Yeah. That'd be great. Well, they're doing the this was that whole discussion was started by they're doing a Bass Reeves uh, miniseries. Ah. so you know they could conceivably it could actually happen. Hey, yeah, no. I'm, I'm green lighting this too. It's, yeah, it's uh, it's just too much fun. And, Sorry, and- Jake, you can't you can't red light it. <sighs> too bad. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's uh, move on to this uh, next pitch: um, red light, green light. Michael Chabon. He's doing it, doing it again. We'll be developing a TV adaptation of his critically acclaimed 2000 novel, The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. Stop. For Showtime. Shaban Greenlight. Michael Chabon. Absolutely. <laughs> Andy looks up from his phone. Wait. I got to be dramatic. This project is part of a new multi-year agreement with the award-winning author and his wife, creative partner, uh, I let uh, Waldman uh, sign with the studio. Cavalier and Clay pays homage to the golden age of comics in America 
by following the decades-spanning careers of two Jewish cousins and comic book creators, Joe Cavalier, a refugee from a Nazi-occupied Europe, and Sammy Clay. Add to this the Golem of Prague and a fascist bashing hero named The Escapist. Uh, both Chabin and Walden will executive produce and showrun the series. Akiva Goldsman and Alex Kurtzman are producing as well. Uh, Chabin currently writes uh, Star Trek short takes and Star Trek Picard on CBS All Access. Another one of Chabin's books, The Yiddish Policeman's Union, is also in development at uh, CBS. So Chabin's having the banner year. Yeah, he sure is. Sure, green light. Golden Age comic book stuff, sure. Yeah, that sounds yep. fun. I assume you've read it. No. Really? <laughs> oh, dude, do yourself a treat and read that sucker. I, I, I have never... Treat yourself. I have never read a Shaban book. Oh, it is so good. Yeah? Yeah. And and on top of that, it's good. <laughs> right. Good uh, Good to know. Yeah. I'll, I'll add it to my list. Yeah, just like your movie list. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, too bad. Oh, wait, wait, you wait. You know wait. what? My hey. movie list is nowhere near as long. Andy, Andy, I, I can trick him. It's a musical. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, it takes place in Canada the with novel. teenagers. Uh, what? I'm sorry? Oh, Andy, you what? had to overplay your hand. Sorry. Nah. You know, subtlety, I don't want a Canadian musical with teenagers. Uh, yeah, Andy, subtlety. Degrassi, I, the musical wouldn't <clears> get you? No. There already what, what was a, one. What a ridiculous was idea. Really? Yeah, there was. Holy crap. <laughs> You know how I know that? Because he lived with Todd? Mm. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was watching it one day when I came home. Gladly. In my underwear. I'm eating ice cream. <laughs> I honestly sight you head drilling guy there. I was seconds away from saying, was his pants on? Uh, this yeah. particular time, his pants were on, but yes, he was eating Drilling ice cream. his head with his pants what on. What does your head drilling have to do with my pants? I was he, about to say that, and you he, told me your underwear was He off, was huh? trying to underwear. say he got in your head. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. No, you got in my head. <laughs> I, I don't think I could survive that. <laughs> Few people can. That would drive that, one that would to be madness. Like the, the, yeah, they'd be the infinite madness. Actually, the problem is is that you get in there, but you hit the wrong exit. You take a couple yeah. lefts, and you're outside again. So easy to get lost in there. <laughs> All right, so uh, it's Chabin. Yeah, Greenlight. Greenie. This man's going to make us so much dough. Oh, yeah, money. All right, how about this one? The red light, green light for Aurora Rising. I loved her latest movie, The Pirates of the Caribbean. The Oh, no, I'm sorry. Pirates of the Caribbeans. And uh, it's this weird thing because this chick gets captured by pirates and they make her put carabines, you know, and and then she has to like pop them out, and uh, it was a porn. <laughs> God damn, Aurora Rising. I God. love it when you get that that Jeff weariness. He just rests his forehead against his hands and shakes his head. I'm waiting for the the shaggy dog punchline to that one, and it just wasn't there. Yeah, no, I I, I you couldn't up. find it. Yeah, <clears throat> I was I was like. Uh, you know, there's so many cliched ways to do this joke. I'm just going to give up. All right. Why Caribbeans? Well, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Pirates oh. of the Carib Beans. Oh, God. Dude. I, I do, John. Yeah, I did that joke right for you right there. I illustrated yeah, it. You did. Part Carib of the reason why it didn't work. Yeah. 
and then like popping them out. I was doing, you know, you like Simon. Yeah. You know, like Simon. Simon. Yeah. yeah. I love the Aurora Riser in Simon. There you go. Thank you, Jeff. You saved the joke. That's it. Where did Aurora Jeff Rising... found the found the punch. <laughs> and look, look, Andy's about to ask, where did Aurora Rising come from? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so lost. <laughs> I've already greenlit the picture. <laughs> I took that left turn in the rain somewhere. <laughs> All right, now this this Aurora Rising, uh, <laughs> the best-selling young adult sci-fi. <laughs> Wow, we really ruined that book. <laughs> and of course, I can't hear anything but Andy singing, I'm turning in the rain. I'm turning in the rain. What a glorious feeling. I'm back home again. <laughs> Gonna hydroplane. Anyway. Uh, Aurora Rising. Yeah. The young best, adult best-selling novel. young adult sci-fi thriller by... Uh, Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff. <laughs> Kaufman and Kristoff. Their movie uh-huh. was a, <laughs> has been optioned it's, it's, by MGM Television. It's a sequel to Cavalier and Quay. <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind of sequel. Set <laughs> in the year 2380, the book follows Tyler Jones, star pupil of Aurora Academy, as he leads a squad of misfits on their first mission since graduation. That's hardly Jones's biggest problem. That problem's name is Aurora Gilin O'Malley. What? <laughs> a girl he rescued from interdimensional space. You can't pornify that name. Try. <laughs> G-Spot. Aurora G-Spot O'Malley? G-Spot O'Malley. There you see. Not so hard. Oh, wow. This is easy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Already had... <laughs> Ari has been in cryo sleep for two centuries. And he's like, I'm lost. I can't find the. <laughs> oh, she's like, turn left, turn left. There you go. And it turns out waking her up could mean a world of trouble. You're home now. She may bring about a horrific war. I'm bringing million... it home. I'm bringing it home. Oh. <laughs> she may bring about a horrific war millions of years in the making. That is unless Ty and his squad can focus long enough to save the galaxy. What's the show about? Aurora Rising. <laughs> it's about carabines in interdimensional <laughs> sleeping chambers. I don't know anymore. Interdimensional beans. <laughs> oh, do we know if this is a. Uh, is it, I, I, I honestly, with Michael Beans. With all the starting and restarting, is, is this a series? Is this a, is this a movie? Is this a. It's Red Light, Green Light. It's a TV series. It's a series. We don't okay. do movies. We don't move movies ever. We should do movies. Ever. There's money there. Yeah. Uh, great. <laughs> O- only in the movies <laughs> you're currently describing, Kay. <laughs> I don't know why that one got me. <laughs> did, we like, should do movies. There's, there's money there. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, uh, why not Greenlight? I mean, it sounds wacky enough. It's crazy, um, but it just might work. And okay, uh, joking aside, if I can focus, I don't know. There's a lot of sugar coursing through me right now. Uh, where is this? Uh, who's doing this? Where MGM is? Television. That, oh, well, uh, I think I just heard Matt scream somewhere. <laughs> MGM Television? I didn't even... Oh. Yeah, they're still around. They're still around? I didn't know they were around. 
What are the serious? They're the ones that did Stargate. Oh. MGM Television. Oh, no. I was talking about what streaming service. No. Yes, I was. Don't tell me I wasn't. Uh, it doesn't say where this is okay, expected Okay, so we don't know where... Okay, see, Jeff? All right. But seriously, we should do movies. Yeah. <laughs> I'll greenlight this one, too. I'll, yeah. I'm greenlighting everything today. Sounds sure. nice and wacky. Why not? Yeah. Greenlight. I, I, I do... I have to agree. I like the goofball aspect of it. The... it. It's... <laughs> new recruits on their first mission... I was about to ask the goofball aspect of the premise or the goofball aspect of this crew right both. here. Okay. <laughs> I'm fully behind both. Just checking. All right. So uh, Okay. That's a greener. Yeah. It's only getting greener. It's yeah. It's a greener, gonna, not a groaner. We're blow our budget this year. James Well, Aurora Rising, let me tell you what she blows. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, well, well not Matt. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Let me tell you what she's rising. Yeah. Well, you know, actually, she did. He just hated every minute of it. <laughs> I'm sorry. He hated every second of it. Yeah. Yeah. Not. Nope. <laughs> no. 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 Not doing anything no, no. 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 Uh, uh, I'll have you know, this sucks. <laughs> I didn't say stop. <laughs> no. 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 Stop. Stop. Really. Just stop. <laughs> and then when he's done, sorry. <laughs> You're you're a good kid, I'm sure. But the, the <laughs> here's twenty bucks. Get some ice cream. You want to take the taste out? <laughs> wow, that wasn't me, folks. I just want to go on record. Wasn't me. Now, it's, mind it's, you, guys, it's, it's this the, it's the syrupy sweetness. I was going to say, did we get the maple flavor out? Is that what you were trying to say, <laughs> guys? We're uh, we're working hard to make this a a good good uh, fan entry show. So remember to recommend this episode to people who are new to Geek Shock. It tastes like hat sweat and poutine. Which is a bit of Canadian bacon. I believe that's a tin bit flavor. <laughs> Get a sandwich with that up there. Wow. I'm like, it comes on the pizza. I'm texting Matt right now. He needs to listen to this show. All right, red light, green light. Uh, green light? Green blight. <laughs> green blight. <laughs> green blight. That sounds like something Lovecraft would write. We have the green blight. The affair blight. of the green blight on Haver Hill. Tell people about that cool Lovecraft thing you showed me in Biggs. So people can watch that. That's amazing. The Boomkoff thing. Oh, uh, I mentioned this a couple years ago. There's some short... Uh, short video movies on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um... Neil Blumkoff did, um, and uh, in, in addition to like that Halo, you know, demo he did, he did some like 10, 15 minute like Lovecraftian sci-fi uh, shorts. And there's one called Zygote, which is some kind of uh, space uh, mining thing where a Lovecraft thing goes, goes kaflooey. Um, but creature, his creature design is amazing. Yeah, the creature design is is amazing. Uh, it's a, it's a real short depiction. Um, just this creature, you know, going off in the facility and somebody trying to save themselves. And it's Oat Studios, I believe. I think it was Oat Studios is Blomkoff's little short, at least back then, because it's not like there's an extensive catalog, but it's still up. I remember this from a couple years ago, and he's got a couple. 
different little types of um, of sci-fi shorts that are up there. So if but you it's a real short, I think it's like ten minutes. Right? Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you if you do uh, search on YouTube for Neil Blomkampf, Kampfkoff, Kamp. Well, yeah, there you go. We're we're, we're Com- camp or comp. Yeah. It just depends on who, but not oh, comp. Neil Blomkamp, the guy that did. Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. See, I was mispronouncing oh. it. Even Todd didn't know who I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Blomkamp. I, I, I see. It, see, I would it have sounds thought... like an Austrian insult. You Blomkamp. I would have thought of all people, Todd would have translated that. Yeah, really. So Blomkamp. No, I was like, I was like, who's Blum this Camp. German fellow? Yeah, Blomkamp. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's Blomkamp. Uh, Blomkamp. It yeah, just depends d- on who you talk to. The District Nine guy. Yeah, uh, but if you if you the chappy guy, yes, exactly. Yep. And if you do a YouTube search, his name, uh, short films or shorts. Although I don't know what you'll get there, but you should get uh, some of these uh, films. Um, and uh, Zygote is one. There's another robot one. I think it's called uh, Adam or something like that. But there's some interesting ones there. But that one was very Lovecraft. Lovecraftian, Lovecraftian. I'm I'm on a roll, folks. And I was showing, yeah, I was, sh- <laughs> I was showing that to uh, to Biggs because of his Call of Cthulhu uh, campaign stuff. So, oh, okay. anywho, all right, here we go. Red light, green light, gentlemen. Okay, James Corden is developing Dead Henry, an animated comedy for Fox that is set behind the pearly gates. This potential addition to the network's animation domination lineup is described as a buddy comedy set in the limitless but strangely familiar world of heaven where Henry searches for the meaning of life in the afterlife, according to Variety. Corden came up with the idea of the show, but no word whether or not he will lend his voice. So what do you feel about uh, Corden's dead Henry? Green light. Why not? Let's get some more heaven-based comedies. Continue our war against Christianity. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know on this one. It's not exactly making me want to see it. All right. I'm going to say red light. I green light. I just I I like Gordon. I like he's got a weird, quirky sense of humor. He does some. I look forward to seeing him in Cats. Yes, of course he is in it, isn't he? Yeah, Yeah, of course he is. Oh, he's rum tum tummy, right? The way you two looked at me. <laughs> First um, of all, Rum Tum Tummy. What kind of bullshit is that? I know it's a stupid name for cat. Yeah. Yeah. Rum Tum Tugger is what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But tugger. That, that name means something. Dude, but he's yes, got a tum tummy. Tugger. So that's the joke. He's, he's got a tummy. But you're tugging. You're tugging on his tummy. It's almost oh. as bad of a name as Kit for a cat. Right. Oh. The, that's a little. That's a little. That's. Drop in the gloves, and it's it's also in serious error. I know. Yeah, yeah. Kit's Kit's a fine cat name, as is Rum Tum Tugger. I might. Have. <laughs> He's a serious cat. Yeah, as is Rumple Teaser. I get your Rum Tum Tugger. Yeah, Rumple Teaser. Oh yeah, <laughs> Mister Mistopheles. Hot. Mm. I think we found Todd's fetish. He's a curious cat. All right, so so so, ne- so I might not sit right next to you when we see the. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't. The, I don't want to be in the splash zone. You'll have the uh, please, <laughs> please, like like you're wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, risk wait. of that. <laughs> you're 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 accusing somebody else of having a splash zone, Andy. You of all people, yeah, in a movie theater. Yeah, but yeah. Andy splashes are not reckless ejaculation. Yeah, 
Mine wow. are. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to spell it out that way, but <laughs> sure. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Henry, uh, red light. Oh, wow. So it's split. Yeah. The monkeys yep. get to the side. So this one's yeah. going to the monkeys. And they're going to say red because, you know, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, got room for uh, one more. Let's see. Let's do this. Uh, Netflix is partnering with Studio MDHR. That's a fantastic name for a studio. Uh, in an animated comedy series based on Cuphead, the developer's indie game from 2017. A loving homage to the rubber hose animation of the 1930s and 40s, the award-winning title follows Cuphead and Mugman, modeled after ordinary drinking vessels, who must collect a number of souls on behalf of the devil after losing big at his casino. Quote, this new series will expand on the characters and world of Cuphead with an animation style inspired by the classic Fleischer cartoons from the 1930s, reads the official release from Netflix. The character-driven comedy follows the unique misadventures of the impulsive Cuphead and his cautious but easily swayed brother Mugman. Though their many misadventures come across surreal home of Inkwell Isles, they've always got one another's backs. Unquote. The Cuphead Show is a joint production between Netflix and King Features Syndicate. Uh, Dave Watson, uh, Mickey Mouse. Seriously, King Features? Yeah. And Cosmo uh, Sergison of Morocco's Modern Life are attached to executive produce. To date, the Cuphead game has sold over 4 million copies all over the world and has also received over 20 gaming awards. Wow. So, the Cuphead Show, exclamation park. I didn't uh, even Red. know King Features Studios was still around. Right. I'm, 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 I hate to be the one that says the green lights. I read the green lights so that everybody else said anything, but I'm going to do it again. Green light just for a King Features existing. <laughs> <laughs> so green light to reemerge the King Features studio. Uh, I'm going to say green light because I like its original IP. It's not really like anything else out there as far as the game is concerned. I'm interested to see what they would do with the series on that. That was the game that kind of just wowed everybody because yeah. it's the first time we saw a game and said, wow, it looks like you're playing a cartoon. Right. Is, like through and through. Is what you described the searching, chasing for souls because they lost at the casino the plot of the show or I'm the game? I'm pretty sure it's the game. I think that's the game itself. Interesting. So the further adventures of. So we got a green <laughs> from the two of you. How about you, Kay? <clears throat> Oh, I'm I'm very green. Very, I, yes, you are. Uh, I love the I love the Fleischer style, and uh, I really wish there was more uh, tribute paid to that because it's really, it was actually kind of revolutionary for a day, for its day, and uh, I I don't think, I don't think uh, I think there's too much derision over the limitations of it and not enough appreciation of the innovation of it uh, for its time. So I remember talking to a friend about the Fleischer Superman, and he was an Amine guy. Amine. Oh, boy, are we done yet? <laughs> Jesus, he was an anime. One hour 40? Yeah, yeah, he was an anime guy, and he just started riffing on how shitty it must no doubt be, and he'd never watched it. So I really I really like that. So uh, much less the, uh, the earlier rubber hose style. So do it. Yeah, very green, very green. Yeah, I'm full green on board with this one. It's it's that animation style that I've never played the game, but everything I've seen on that game looks amazing. 
it's a side scroller and it's hard as hell. So I, I know I'm just going to get frustrated and throw my controller right. at it. Yeah, Travis Willingham from Critical Role does his Yeehaw Gaming Ranch, which is him and someone else being filmed playing video games. And they were commenting that, and and throughout the, they're talking about how Cup, Cuphead was kicking their ass. Oh yeah, you're watching them play, and they're just like, "Holy shit!" And it's just, it's very difficult to play. Yeah, it's it's Mega Man level side scrolling difficulty. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's what we got on the pile for today. So how about you out there? Which cat do you want to fuck? Write to us comments at uglycatshow.com. <laughs> And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander Cat. Uh, Miss Kitka. Fact check Dandy. And we'll talk to you <clears throat> next week in Geek. And have fun rum tum tugging. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't encourage him. <clears throat> and rumple teasing. Yeah. Rumple teasing your tum tugger. It's in the name. Yeah. Rumple teaser. It is. It tells you everything you need to know. Really? Yeah. It's like, that's why they're it's like, breasts. It's like Griselda. No one wants to fuck that I cat. I know. What's that Rumple about? teaser. Mm-hmm. Useless as a, puss, as a whistle Sorry? on a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Pussy can't do the dog. What? Useless. <laughs> no. Useless is me trying to come up with an aphorism. <laughs> and he's just making up like 20s lingo over here. I said useless, uh, useless as a whistle on a hog if your pussy can't do the dog. Oh. What? Wow. Yeah, that's not what you said the first time. <laughs> Nowhere near. <laughs> <laughs>